This short is brought to you by Lens Protocol. It's one thing to recognize, sure, a million dollars is not a lot of money for, for a company. And we see people specifically in Web3 raise 3 million over here, 10 million over here, 25 million. Like we brush this off like it's no big deal. It's become a norm in our environment. But the reality is it's still very difficult to deploy a million dollars if you've never done something like this before. And it's, it's very difficult to deploy in a way where it's efficient and calculated and, and you mitigate risk around, along the way. And I feel like it opens up a whole new profile of things to consider than if you were to just take a standard record deal. Right. Like it, you, you've, you've literally opened, like you are treating yourself as a startup and like, and respectfully said, like you, you have to think yourself, treat yourself as, as someone who's generating cash flow. Right. You have to think about your operations. You have to think about all these things that a traditional company would sort of like consider when they're raising funds and, and taking, taking their day to day of their business and in, into in their own hands. And it's, uh, I don't know if it's for everyone. Like I, I want to think that it's like, it's one of these models where it's an alternative model, 100%, but I don't know if everybody can withstand the responsibility that comes with this. Do you guys have any thoughts around that? Yeah, I mean, that's why that's why for me, I, I purposefully decided to like still have traditional mechanisms and, and barriers in place, like having a manager and an agent, right? Because a lot of my life right now, you know, is going to be, yeah, like making beats and doing the things that I'm really good at. And you know, a lot of, I remember when I was like starting off like early in the music industry and I'm obviously still so early in my career, but I remember like I was really looking for, for record deals to be able to pay my rent for a little bit of a time. And, and I remember like, you know, I would get these marketing budgets thrown at me and I remember having those conversations like, Hey, you know, how, how are we spending this? Like, like where, where is this going to go? And like, some of the conversations were just like, yeah, man, that that's on you, you know, like what, whatever you want to do, what, <laughs> you know, well, and, and, and so for me, that's why I kind of have these barriers in place or I have these people on my team still is because, you know, I, my manager who's been, she's, you know, she's been in music for a little bit and, and has touched like a lot of different aspects of it. It's kind of just like, you know, it's kind of been a catch 22 where it's like, oh, well, like we, I, I have these broad ideas for what I want to do. But then the question is always like, okay, but we need money for these ideas. But then to get money for the ideas, you have to sign a record deal. And if you're in a record deal, you can't execute us really on those ideas, you know? So it kind of became this this very interesting like catch 22 situation. And so my having the guardrails in place of having people who have a little bit more experience than me, and especially like Phil and Jonathan, my agents on the touring side who have, you know, that, you know, Phil has the chain smokers. He's been doing, he's been doing this stuff for like a really long time. And he's also like very involved in web three as well, uh, has definitely been, you know, a place of like, Hey, you know, what are we thinking about this? Should I spend this much money on a tour? Should I spend this much money like on ad spend, whatever it is, you know? So that's why I've tried to yeah. keep it a little bit uh, traditionally intact as well. Go ahead, I, would add a, yeah, I would add in there that I do not think that this is for everyone. I think it takes a very specific type of artist to be able to execute as an artist and a CEO. I think Daniel's very uniquely positioned to do so, hence why this was an exciting investment opportunity from the fund. But to Adam's original point, it's a very complicated process. You know, expecting artists to be able to run a business at the same time as making music it's very difficult. And so I think that there's an exciting headline here of saying, hey, this artist got a million dollars. But when you really unpack that, that means that Daniel has a lot more responsibility on his shoulder. And I think that there's a lot of artists who are phenomenal artists, but they're not great business people and they have teams around them that handle that. But in order for something like this to be a reality, you really do need the artists to think about their brand as a business. And I don't think that's something that's for everybody. But in the particular situation that it is, I'm optimistic that these models can help to inspire people to think more like CEOs of their brand and of their company, because I think it really challenges you to elevate your ceiling and think more broadly about the opportunities that exist about being an artist today. 
And so, um, yeah, I don't think it's for everyone, but I think that Daniel's a great person to start this out with. And I'm hoping that he can inspire many more artists to come. I think yeah, I'll add to it too. And I think like, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I think like, you know, it's interesting, like music NFTs enable world where like you actually maybe don't need to raise as well. Right. And I think, I think like as the music NFT market grows, you know, as you put out content, you kind of like, as you release it, you're getting the, the value that content deserves like back to you and you can kind of continue to flow off that obviously you releasing more music continues to fund you more and more and you kind of continue to use that to, to grow the operations and i think you can do it organically without raising like people can do musicians can do that over time without having to you know set up uh, a c corp or whatever reason to sit so i think that option will always be there i think in this situation like daniel's a very ambitious person he has really big goals and he wants to get there quicker and he sees an opportunity to make it happen and we're excited to support that but it you know i think it's somewhere in between like a label and music nfts there is there's a spectrum and you can you can stay over in the pure music nft land and really grow a lot and have a lot of growth around that as well even without like raising uh, directly what's up guys thank you for listening if you've gotten this far then you are a champ and i owe you a free listener pin go to adamlevy.io forward slash nft fill in your info and i'll distribute the nft towards the end of the season by collecting your pin you prove your contribution to the season and get exclusive access to content allow lists and more so be sure to collect yours also, please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. This helps me out so much. And finally, hit me up on Twitter at LevyChain. I want to hear what you're building, the latest crowdfund you're trying to complete, or if you simply want to chat. I love talking about where crypto meets the creator economy, and it's no different if it's coming from you directly. So thanks again for your support. It means the world, and I'll see you on the next episode.